Running a pet business is no walk in the park. I've been there, done that, and sure have the campfire stories to prove it. That's why Pet Boss Nation created Camp Pet Boss, where you can relax at a beautiful lake, refuel your leadership confidence with our in-person activities, and reignite your passion for the pet business of your dreams with your pet industry peers and trusted experts. Camp Pet Boss is a one-of-a-kind business retreat that mixes conference learning sessions and camp-like activities for pet professionals and their dogs. When was the last time that you got away from your business, unplugged from the chaos, and reconnected with your inner entrepreneurial spirit? And I hope that you heard me, that your furry best friend could be there too. Get ready for the most amazing and unique in-person adventure for pet business owners and their dogs, happening this summer in Lake Delton, Wisconsin, August 27th through the 30th of 2024. Tickets will sell out, and one building is already booked solid, So I want you to hit pause on this podcast and visit camppetboss.com right now to make sure that you have a room reserved. Your ticket price includes all food, lodging, and seminars. Need another reason to secure your ticket early? How about a massive discount of savings of $850 off your ticket? That's right. Early bird pricing is happening right now, but not for much longer. And I can't wait to hang out with you at camp this summer and share all those juicy pet boss stories around the campfire. I am so excited about the pet industry right now. You know, I've been in the industry since 2004, and it's been amazing to see the growth over the years. I remember even when we started Pet Boss Nation in 2016, the industry as a whole in the US was only about $60 billion in revenue as a whole. Well, you know what? We just hit in the US alone one. $123.6 billion was spent on pets in the U.S. through products and through services. And Morgan Stanley predicts that by 2030, the pet industry spending in the U.S. will be as high as $275 billion. So if you already have a company in the pet industry or are wanting to get into the pet industry, or considering buying another business in the pet industry, this is a great industry to invest in. In this episode, I'm going to talk about the different kinds of businesses you could purchase, but also what the most important things are to look for when buying another business. Maybe it will help you decide if you just want to start your own instead, or if there's a great opportunity in front of you in your town or online This episode will help you determine if you should make that investment. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Boss Your Business Podcast, the show for the local pet business owner. If you have a physical building, carry inventory, have a team, or dream of having one someday, then this podcast is for you. You'll hear honest conversations from pet pros work in the streets of Main Street, where dog business is big business. I'm your show host, Candice Daniolo, the founder of Pet Boss Nation and a pet business coach. I've started, scaled, and sold three successful pet businesses and now help mentor thousands of pet professionals to see success faster together. I'm sharing my favorite business tips with you mixed with the latest secrets of what's working now, especially in this challenging world. So if you're a pet supply store, grooming salon, dog daycare, boarding facility, pet sitter, dog trainer, 
or really anyone covered in fur, let's get started. What's really interesting in the pet industry right now is that there are generations of people who have been in the industry. If we go all the way back to feed stores and breeders and pet supply businesses, veterinarians, right? There's been a lot of people in the industry for decades, but they are also looking to retire at this point, or maybe their children don't want to take on the family business. So there is a flood of businesses that I know who are ready to sell to the next generation. Then there's also so many people who just love their pets and have started social media accounts or who have really become influencers in their own right with their pets and their pets' personalities. And so now they're looking at making their own products and selling them online or opening their own pop-up stores from that or investing in service-based businesses. And so there's just this interesting dynamic happening where people are starting local businesses and there's also a lot of people ready to transition out. And then there's this cool like sweet spot of a business owner here in the industry who has maybe had a business for five years or even 10 years, and they are ready to expand, right? They're not quite ready to retire yet. They know they still have another decade or maybe two more decades in the industry, and they're looking at acquisition. So there's lots of ways, whether you start your own or acquire one to get into the industry. And hopefully today I will help break that down for you. One of the most common questions I'm getting right now is just what types of pet businesses exist. You know, we are, we're running Facebook ads for our different products and programs here at Pet Boss Nation. And uh, oftentimes we get that question on those ads. It's like, well, I'd love to get into the pet industry, but I'm not quite sure what all the companies are that exist. So what I want to break down for you first are the various kinds of businesses that you could do. We also have previous podcasts about just getting into the pet industry and how you would actually start your own and things to think about. And we have a series of blog posts too about this. So we will link to all of that in the show notes of this episode, which you can find at petboss.com forward slash episode 44. When we think of pet businesses that usually we start, we're taking out the veterinarian uh, veterinarians at this point, but there's really five key areas. One is that you could be a pet care service-based business. Okay. So this is your groomers, pet sitting, dog daycare, boarding. This is an easy point of entry because it requires some low investment initially to get started, depending on the type of facility that you're going to have. And it's also very scalable. As long as you're building your team, you know, you can actually serve a lot of clients and there is a lot of profit in the service-based businesses. Or you can become a retailer, a pet supply retailer with a physical location. And that is so much fun, right? You get to really discover new products, curate your whole selection, really be part of your local community. Then you could also become a manufacturer where you're creating your own products, you know, learning how to manufacture them or private labeling products and selling them either direct to consumer or through wholesale channels to the retailers. You could also create an online business. Maybe it's selling uh, products online, or you create a course to educate pet parents on how to, you know, in different dog training or grooming habits, or there's all kinds of things you could actually build courses around. Maybe you're a blogger. You could also start a service-based business, teaching people the skills that you know, or maybe, you know, you, you are in social media management or graphic design, and you want to niche into the pet space. So we've got the pet care service providers. 
retailers, manufacturers, having an online business or a service-based business, whether that's selling online or working with clients one-on-one. I'm sure there's even more. I mean, gosh, there's everything from pet psychics and animal massage and nutrition counseling to mobile groomers, um, nail technicians, vet techs, veterinarians, um, so, so many people and so, so many jobs in the pet industry. So what I really encourage you to do is to think about where your passions are and where your skill set is and find the best pet business that will match with your skills, your passions, and also help you create the lifestyle that you want to. That's really, really important. A lot of times we can get into business because we we think it's a great idea. And then we realize it's actually going to be all, all consuming and a lot of hard work. And we we build these businesses that that are exhausting sometimes. And so I would like for you to think about just because you can, does it really mean you should? Think that to yourself. Just because we can. Should we? <laughs> All right. I mean, I love, like I said, I love the pet industry. I've been in it for a very, very long time. And I think this is a great place to be. But there are so many different types of business models and different companies that you could create or purchase. So let's dive into the pros and the cons of purchasing someone else's business. The benefits are that you have immediate customers. There are going to be transactions the next day that you own it. That is probably the number one, number one reason you would buy someone else's business. Because if you start your own, no matter what it is, you still have to go find those clients. And there's going to be a huge learning curve for you to get that process started. But when we buy someone else's business who's already established in the community or online, we have immediate transactions, immediate customers, and we can start to see and project forward the growth that we're going to have. The next benefit is that you will have the expertise of the team, right? So if they already have employees working for you, you will be able to tap into the knowledge they already have, the training that they already have. And so it will shorten that learning curve for you because you will have a support system already built into the company. And maybe the the owner is even willing to stick around to help train you, transition with you, really to, to get you onboarded. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. And hopefully, if you're buying a really good business, a really great business, then they have already figured out some of their mistakes and all, you know some of the, the hurdles and the challenges have already been resolved so that the business that you're buying should be a successful business and easy for you to take it to the next level. The cons though... <laughs> And the things to be aware of are that you might be buying a company that has a slightly toxic company culture or a couple bad apples on the team. And you may not be aware of that before actually getting in and working with them. Or if you are buying an online store or a physical retail space, there's a chance that their inventory is actually bad inventory, right? It's it's kind of gotten old, not necessarily expired or stale, but I've seen this happen so many times where a new owner didn't didn't even think to like really take a look at the actual inventory that they were buying. Because if you are stuck with some of that old inventory, that's just another thing you're going to have to invest in to get it turned around. Another con or something to be aware of is just that there might not be enough profit in the pricing models that they already have. So 
do some research just to, to see, well, what are they charging? What are my costs going to be? So that you can see if you're going to have to raise prices significantly, which, which could upset your customer base. So those for me are the big separators, the pros and the cons, benefits, immediate customers, immediate transactions, maybe team that's fantastic who can train you and onboard you. Maybe they figured everything out. That's all the pros. The cons, Ugh, gosh, maybe toxic team, maybe some tough issues I'm going to have to deal with. Ooh, maybe some old inventory that I'll have to reinvest and buy more in. Maybe their pricing structure isn't quite right for me to really grow this business and make the money that I need to make. So those are the key things that you are going to look at when evaluating a business. Here's some other critical things though to think about. And they're in order of what I think is the most important. First up, is the cost of this business more than if you started your own? Usually it is, right? If you're buying an existing business, they've done their build out, they have their inventory or other assets like vehicles, they've grown the business and the pricing is usually based off the profit, okay? But what we're seeing is that some retailers, specifically in the retail world, maybe even the doggy daycare world, they've built these really successful, highly profitable businesses. And so they may cost a significant amount more to buy them than if you were to start your own. And that's okay, because if the numbers are truly accurate, you'll have that big business right away and less struggle to get there. But depending on your financial situation, you may not be able to get the loan to cover buying a very expensive business. So just some things to think about. Other things to really think about if you're going to buy somebody else's business is where are they located? Do you like their location or the area that they're serving? Or do you do you want to expand or move? How long of a lease do they have signed with a landlord if there is a physical space? Is the landlord even willing to re-sign a new lease with you? And if so, will the rates jump up? What does the competition look like in that area? Is there no competition or too much competition? Do you like the branding? Do you like the name? Or are these things that you're going to have to change? So lots of things to consider to decide if buying this existing business that is maybe highly profitable is worth it versus creating something of your own. Now, some of these things can be fixed, right? You can still buy an existing business and then choose to move it in a couple of years or whenever the lease is up. We've even seen it where someone has purchased a business and they've done a complete rebranding of that business, maybe kept the name, but have made it a little bit more modern. All of these things can be changed. It's just a matter of how much work do you want to put into that? The second biggest thing I want you to think about if you're buying a business is to really get in and do your due diligence. It is not the seller's job to make sure that you've done all this work. Okay. And part of the things to think about in the due diligence phase, which happens After you have already signed your non-compete and signed your non-disclosure statements, it's going to happen after you've kind of seen their financials and you've given them a letter of intent of the interest in purchasing their business. So we've gotten to a point now when you're going to do your due diligence where they've agreed to sell the business to you at a certain price. And now here's where I want you to look. I want you to dive into any zoning issues to find out that they have 
the proper zoning to do the business that they're doing in that location. Confirm that they have all their licenses with the state and the region that they need to have. You'll want to check to make sure that all their taxes have been paid, whether it's federal taxes or sales tax, and we want to make sure that you won't get stuck with any of these outstanding bills. You'll want to make sure that there's no pending HR lawsuits, things like that. And a business attorney or a business broker will help you walk through all of this. But we want to make sure that that you're thinking of these things too. I'd also have you kind of hang out at their business if possible or do a site visit so that you can really start to see any red flags or things that you really love that they're doing well, right? You'll get a, a sense of how the team is engaging with each other or how many customers are coming through the door or how they speak to their customers on the phone. It's really up to the seller on how much they'll let you participate in their business, kind of be a fly on the wall for a little while. But if you can, I encourage you to do that. I'd also love for you to read their reviews online, whether that's Yelp or Google or Facebook, and dive into their financials. See if it really makes sense. Look at their tax returns. They're not always going to match up correctly, but we really want you to try to get at least three years worth of their financials. And what I mean by that is their profit and loss and and a balance sheet, as well as their tax returns. You can even look at employee lists and how much employees are being paid. You can determine if they have too many team members or where you can cut back. All of that research will be done during that due diligence phase. And hopefully the attorneys that you would be working with or any counsel that you would have would would have a checklist of things for you to look at. The third thing I want you to think about is to really understand their digital presence and what marketing you're going to have to do to improve things. So how is their social media? What platforms are they on? What platforms are missing? How is their social media engagement? Is this an area that you could grow and improve? Do they have a mobile-friendly website or are you going to have to invest in building one? Absolutely confirm if they have access to their customer list and if they are communicating with them on a regular basis. Many pet businesses haven't been collecting addresses or emails or phone numbers for a while. We teach our clients in the Pet Boss Club and through our trainings, if you come to any of our workshops and webinars, to do this because it's a huge asset for you, almost for this exact reason, so that when a new person is going to buy your business, they have a way to communicate that message to your customers and get in touch with them. Your list has tons of value and their list should have value to you. So make sure that, that that they can communicate with their customers. And then I would find out how frequently they do communicate with them. Are they sending regular email newsletters? Do they have a loyalty program? All of these things will help benefit you as the new owner of their business. The fourth thing to look at is software, point of sale system. Do they have a way to track appointments, to track payments, to capture that client info? Don't assume that they do. Like I said, there are businesses that have been doing this for decades I've even met one recently that still had all their grooming appointments in like a paper calendar and they've got multiple groomers, but that's just a system that they have done forever and it works, but none of their client information was in a software system. 
Now, after working with us, they are moving to a place now where they can automatically text, remind their customers, schedule appointments, move things around really easily in a software system. So don't assume (laughs) that the business you're buying has it. Discover all of that during your due diligence phase. The fifth thing to think about as a new owner is the transition with the old owner and what that might look like. In the three businesses that I have sold, it's all looked slightly different. The first time I sold a business, they only wanted me to stick around for for two weeks. And during that two weeks, we didn't get a lot accomplished because the new owners of the business didn't really see the value or understand what it was that they needed to learn. Their egos were all in the way. They were like, ah, this will be easy. I don't really need a lot of help from you. And the business closed about six months later. Then when I sold my retail store to Bentley's Pet Stuff, I stayed on for 30 days. There was a flat rate that I was paid for those 30 days. And really all they wanted me to do was to work the amount of hours and do the same things that I had been doing, plus be available, of course, if there were questions. And that was a pretty easy handing off of the business. And then when I sold my doggy daycare to Destination Pets, we had a longer, I think it was a 90-day agreement. There was no additional fee for that because the the price of the, it was like lumped into the price of the sale of the business. And with that one, there was a little bit more intense handholding at the beginning. But then after the first initial like intense couple first few weeks, I was really more just around to answer any final questions that came up. So you can work out any arrangement that you want with the new owner, but there should be something. And I think at least 30 days for them to, to train you and be a resource for you at least 30 days. But if you're brand new to the pet industry, I think you might need more time, right? Maybe 45 to 60 days with them. And then maybe past those 60 days, they're just available for phone calls or quick consults. And this transition can be a a flat fee. It can be an hourly fee, or it could be included in your purchase price. You'll have to work all of those things out. Depending on the seller of the business, they may or may not be available, right? If they're leaving the business because of due to illness or due to an emergency, they may not have that transition time with you. And I would think that most of them though, would want to take care of their customers and would really want to help you transition. But some might be ready to just check out it. This will vary in every situation. So to recap. The most important things from my perspective for you to think about if you're going to buy someone else's business. First, is the cost of what you're going to buy this business for and the benefits that come with it, do those all outweigh starting your own? Second, do your due diligence. Really get into their licenses and the staff and reviews and financials to ensure that what they're telling you and the package that they've presented to you is actually the truth. This due diligence phase should, if there are any red flags, raise those and allow you to decide if you want to move forward or not. If red flags come up, don't stress out. It doesn't mean you shouldn't buy the business. It just means that things might need to get resolved before you actually sign the paperwork. Three, you want to understand their digital presence and the marketing that you might have to do to improve to grow the business. Four, do they have a point of sale system, some software reservation system to track appointments and payments and client info? And then five, what will the transition and handoff look like? Will it support your needs or could it hurt you? I want to be open and honest with you 
about what it's like to buy a business. It's not it's not easy to be a small business owner. And these are all critical things to your success. At Pet Boss Nation, we are here to help you through this process if you needed it. And then of course, once you buy that business, we're here as a resource for you to hold your hand, to support you through any of these challenges. I bring all of this up because it's not puppy kisses and rainbows and butterflies <laughs> when you get into running a business. And hopefully these things I've covered with you today will help you decide if it's the right business for you or not. You can literally create the business of your dreams. Anything is possible. I personally want the best for you. And I hope that what I've shared today will help you think about what your future looks like in the pet industry. We're here to support you. And I can't wait to hear what it is that you create or what business you purchase and to see what your future looks like in the pet industry. Hopefully Pet Boss Nation and myself are on that journey with you. Good luck. Guys, I'm just so honored that you are tuning into this podcast. And did you know that we've already reached the top 3% of all podcasts across the globe? It's amazing. We're climbing the charts because of our awesome listeners like you. I know there's still pet professionals out there who need to hear all of our doggone good tips shared on this show. Can you help us find them? Now, how you do that is that when you click to follow the podcast, or the more you download different episodes, or if you choose to leave us a review, those things will help the podcast get pushed out into the world so that more people who need to hear this will find it. Thanks so much for your support. And until we talk next week, stay focused, stay motivated, and go boss your business.